people who are converted after the rapture of the church will still have their sinful nature. And sin will be reigning like it has never happened in all of human history. The restrainer, God the Holy Spirit, will be gone. Hell will literally have a holiday across the planet. Welcome to Search the Scriptures, the Bible teaching ministry of Dr. Carl Brogy. Dr. Brogy is the senior pastor of Community Bible Church in Beaufort, South Carolina. Our study in the Revelation finds us in chapter 18 today and a message entitled, Call to be Different. Our passage is from verses 4 to 8, and in it we find an angel first calling those who come to faith in Christ during the tribulation to come out of an area Dr. Brogy has identified as a city which will set up a new religion comprised of many different religions. This city will also be the seat of a new economic and governmental world order, a city bearing the same name as the Old Testament Babylon, but likely situated somewhere near Rome, Italy. As we return to our study, Dr. Brogy notes that at the midpoint of the tribulation, the ecumenical religion that has been created will actually be destroyed. God will glue, allow Satan to glue the governments of the world together with religion. There's something about religion that is binding. And initially, this bumper sticker that you will see on cars today will literally be fulfilled. The religions of the world will coexist. But in the midpoint of the tribulation, these 10 kings are going to come together and they're going to destroy this multiplicity of religions. It's what Jesus calls the abomination of desolation. This chapter, 17, does not identify when that will take place, but Jesus does and the prophet Daniel does. That right in the middle of the seven years, the Antichrist is not going to be satisfied with all of these religions of the world having their own way and worshiping as they choose. He is going to want singularity of worship, and unless you worship him, you will worship no one. And he will control the world both religiously and economically through a mark. And unless you take the mark, 666, on your right hand or your forehead, you will be executed, beheaded, Revelation 24, 20 verse 4 says. And millions who are converted during the time of the Great Tribulation will be beheaded. But the Antichrist will demand singular worship because he's egotistical like the devil. And with this singular worship, he will also control the economies of the world. And so this city, Rome, is going to become the richest city on the earth in the history of all, uh, in all of humankind. And the Antichrist has a compatriot. He's also called a second beast. We studied him. There's the beast and then there's the second beast. He's also called the false prophet. And the false prophet will be the Antichrist compatriot to deceive multitudes of people with miracles. If you remember, we read in Revelation 13 of this false prophet, he performs great signs so that he can make even fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Great signs. These are not sleight of hand, hocus pocus kinds of things. These are real miracles but not miracles from heaven, miracles from hell, miracles empowered, empowered by the evil one. And Jesus spoke of this, 
in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25, as did the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica, where he tells us that the Antichrist's coming is in accord with the activity of Satan with all powers and signs and false wonders. And one of those false wonders that the false prophet will use is he will cause fire to come down out of heaven. Now, in Revelation 7, we studied the two witnesses, and we saw that they will mimic Moses and Elijah. The Bible teaches in Malachi chapter 4 that Elijah is coming again. That's why some people would ask Jesus, are you Elijah? Are you the Elijah to come? Why did they ask that in the Gospels? Because Malachi 4 teaches Elijah is coming again before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And Malachi invited fire down from heaven. And maybe this false prophet will even quote Bible verses and claim to be that Elijah. We don't know. But we do know that he will mimic some of God's miracles. And when the Jewish people, of course, on one day asked Jesus to perform a sign from heaven, what did they ask? They asked for such a miracle. Call fire down out of heaven. And people at this time in human history will get their wish. The question is, who will they believe? We're told in Revelation 13 and verse 14, and he, the false prophet, deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast, the Antichrist, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. We studied it three times in Revelation 13. I know I'm reviewing, but it's been six weeks, so your minds have already glazed over. So I'm trying to lift the fog a little bit, all right? Three times in Revelation 13, God speaks of the supernatural healing of a man who had been dead and had come back to life. Not resurrected to life, that's unique to Jesus, but raised to life like Lazarus was raised to life. And so, um, he will use that false miracle such that in Revelation 17 and verse 16, we're told, and the ten horns which you saw, this ten kingdom federation, and the beast, that is the Antichrist, these will hate the harlot, that is this one world religion comprised of a multiplicity of religions there in religious Babylon, and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. Put simply, the honeymoon between the beast, the Antichrist, and the woman, the harlot, is over. And he is going to demand singularity of worship. And of course, it's there in the temple. Part of the abomination of desolation is not just the Antichrist claiming to be God, but there will be a statue, an image of some kind that will literally come to life. And people will worship the image, and they will be encouraged to make similar images. And that will be the corker for every Jew who knows even a little bit of the Bible. That this man cannot possibly be their Messiah. Because God would not go against His Word and endorse idolatry. Now, while the exact time of, again, this event is not given... In Revelation, it is given in Matthew 24 and in Daniel 9. Now, you might be asking, well, why couldn't God uh, just allow the, both religious systems to exist side by side? You know, this multiplicity of religions. Why does it have to be destroyed? Again, 
because Satan has wanted worship. Revelation 13, I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain and his fatal wound was healed and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshiped the dragon. That's Satan, if you remember. The Bible interprets itself. It tells us Satan is the dragon. They worship Satan because he gave his authority to the beast, to the Antichrist. And they worship the beast, the Antichrist, saying, who is like the beast? And who is able to wage war with him? Satan has always wanted to be worshipped, and he is going to be worshipped. That's why, again, he is going to destroy and eat the flesh of religious Babylon and burn it with fire. So verse 17 indicates that this is all working according to God's plan, that God is over all this, for God has put it in their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose. And by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. God is orchestrating the events because the king's heart is in his hand. Now, here is a chart once again, and then we'll break into some new material to help you to see where we are at. The next event is the rapture. There's a space of time. It is short, days, possibly weeks. And then after the rapture, the one world ruler will step on the scene and he will establish a covenant with Israel. That will begin the seven-year time frame. In the first half of the three and a half years, there is a religion of the harlot, this multiplicity of religions brought together. But in the second half, there is the singular religion of the Antichrist. And of course, it's right here in the second half, in the middle, when the abomination of desolation has taken place that people will receive the 666 and they will have to choose exactly whom they will follow. And sadly, billions of people will be deceived by the Antichrist. Why? Because they rejected the truth. You say, well, isn't this unfair? No, God has been plenty fair. God is a God of grace and mercy, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. During the first half of these seven years, He has had 144,000 Jews preaching the gospel. 144,000 Jews, Revelation 7, miraculously converted, and they're preaching the gospel to the whole world. And the people that they convert, indeed, are in turn preaching the gospel. He has two witnesses, no doubt Moses and Elijah, and they are preaching the gospel. There's an eternal angel who flies through the heavens, and that angel is preaching the gospel. And of course, it's during this time that Jesus says in Matthew 24 that this message will go out to the whole world. What we are trying to pull off today, he is going to pull off during this seven-year period through these various witnesses. Not to mention that there is another angel who's warning people to stay away from Babylon. He has already said, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great who has made all the nations of the world to drink of the wine of her immorality. So God has been gracious. God has been kind. And that brings us here to the 18th chapter. Now here in chapter 18, John hears four voices. In verses 1 to 3 that we studied last time, he heard the voice of condemnation. And so we heard this mighty voice of an angel announcing the destruction of Babylon the Great. Today in verses 4 through 8, we're going to hear a second voice, the voice of separation. God calls you, God calls me, and God will call his people in that day as he has in every age. 
to live differently. When we come to verses 9 through 19, we'll hear the voice of lamentation. We'll hear the voice of the kings and the merchants weeping and crying over the fall of Babylon. And then finally, when we come to verses 20 to 24, we will hear the voice of justification. God will give us the reason why he can justly destroy Babylon with his judgment. So today we're talking about the voice of separation. Come and be separate, God says. And if you're using your note-taking outline, there are three reasons and three ways in which God calls his people to be separate. The first reason The first way is found in verses 4 and 5. We are to be separate from Babylon's deeds. We're to be separate from her deeds. Look now, if you will, at verse 4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. So he hears another voice. Now, we've seen there are two words for another in Koine Greek. There's word, the word alos, another of the same kind, and there's the Greek word heteros, another of a different kind. So we have the word heterosexual and so forth. This is the word another alos of the same kind. It's the same kind as who? It's the same kind as the angel's voice in verse 1. It's another angel. So this is not God the Son or God the Father speaking This is another servant, minister of God, another angel who is speaking. Now, please look again in verse 4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive her plagues. Now, this is an urgent call to get out of Babylon or Rome. And it's very similar to the call that Lot received in Genesis 19, Two angels came, whomever you have in this city, bring them out of this place. It's a very similar call that Jesus gives in Matthew 24, 16. When you see the abomination of desolation happening in the city of Jerusalem, when the Antichrist goes into that rebuilt temple, then you who are in the city should flee into the wilderness of Judea. And we studied that fleeing in Revelation chapter 12. This is God's call from heaven through an angel to one, literally and physically get out of that place because he's going to judge it, but it will also say to spiritually get out of that place, to not participate. Now, I know that sometimes we think, well, could a Christian during the tribulation commit sin? Yes. People who are converted after the rapture of the church will still have their sinful nature. And sin will be reigning like it has never happened in all of human history. The restrainer, God, the Holy Spirit, will be gone. Hell will literally have a holiday across the planet. And if there was ever a time for an allurement, it will be during this time. And there will be many of God's people who will be living in Babylon, the city of Rome, during that time. And God says, come out of her, my people. Now, by the way, that slogan, what, stays in Ve- what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, is so far from the truth. Now, your wife may not find out what you did in Vegas, but God sees everything. And God says of his people, don't participate in her sins and receive her plagues. He's giving his people in the city of Rome two reasons. And by extension and application, those of us here today, two reasons why they should flee the allurements of this place called Babylon. 
One is he does not want them to participate in her sins. Now, the word participate is a form of the word koinonia. Most of you know the word koinonia. It refers to fellowship. We speak of our fellowship that we have together. Well, there's two kinds of fellowship in the Bible. There's good fellowship and there's bad fellowship. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, do not share responsibility. Same word, koinonia, for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. Likewise, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11, he says, do not participate. Same word, koinonia. Don't participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. So the first reason to come out is God doesn't want us to be polluted by their sins. He wants us to come out and to be different. Listen, there are unbelievers who have fellowship. It's just a different kind. Homosexuals who come out of the closet have a fellowship of sorts with one another. Heterosexuals who sit in the bar room, who go on the dating websites to find someone they can sleep with to whom they are not married, they have a fellowship of sorts. People sit around in a bar room and they drink alcohol and they have a fellowship, a camaraderie. They smoke dope. They have a fellowship. They celebrate sensuality watching their favorite TV show. They have a fellowship. They march with women's rights, wicked rights, abortive rights. It's a fellowship of sorts, which is why James says, you adulteress, don't you know that fellowship of the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So come out so you're not polluted by her sins. But also, he doesn't want those believers who are alive to be caught up in their plagues. Look further. Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. Now, during these years of tribulation, God will patiently endure the growing sins of Babylon with all of their rebellion and their evil system of commercialism. But just because someone becomes a believer in Christ, again, does not mean that their sin nature is dissolved. God warns, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Why? Because no temptation is overtaking you such as is common to man. And again, the truth is, with the restrainer gone, with the church removed from the planet, sin is going to spread like it has never, ever happened before. And so God continually calls His people to come out and to be separate. God knew that just as Lot could become comfortable in Sodom, that people during the tribulation age could get comfortable in Babylon because it is going to be the richest city on the earth. People will have everything that they want material-wise. God told Abraham to get out of a wicked pagan country and to come to the land that God wanted him to go to. God wanted his Hebrew people to get out of Egypt and to go to the promised land. And God says to his people today, do not be bound together with unbelievers bound together. It doesn't say don't be friends. Jesus was a friend of sinners. But don't find a fellowship, a camaraderie with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness, or what harmony has Christ with Belial, or a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? 
For we are the temple of the living God, and God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. God calls us to be separate. And yes, I was naive to think that the Game of Thrones was a video game. I heard that already from people. But it is, I am told this week, the single greatest TV series in the history of America. And between those who are watching it live and those who are live streaming, it's estimated over 100 million people are watching this graphic sex and God's name used in vain in a wickedness. God doesn't call you to watch that filth. Come out and be separate. Avoid the pollution of Babylon, but avoid the plagues that you might not participate and receive of her plagues. However, Babylon may express itself at different times in human history, God judges the sin. God judged the literal Babylon in Nimrod's day. They constructed that idol, that tower of Babylon, and then God brought it down crashing. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth. The second Babylon that Nebuchadnezzar constructed, God once again warned that he would destroy that. He said by Jeremiah, flee from the midst of Babylon, and each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment, for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. And he did that, exactly. He destroyed Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. He first used Nebuchadnezzar to destroy Israel, to judge Israel. Then God destroyed Babylon. And with this last expression of Babylon, God says, verse 5, her sins have piled up. Her sins have piled up as high as heaven's. And God has remembered her iniquities. This is what happened in Noah's day. God said he would not always strive with men. He patiently waited for 120 years, and then he wiped humanity off the face of the earth. Likewise, with Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 19, for we're about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Likewise, James in the New Testament, your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cried out against you and the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. And then James says, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Now, while this warning was true in James' day, it has full application for those especially in the last day. It's applicable for especially those who will see the coming of the Lord. And so God sees it all, and he says here, her sins have piled up. You're using the New American Standard, I hope, and hopefully you have one with marginal references. You see the word piled up. It brings you out into the margin. You might want to circle. Literally, it means joined together. It's a, Hebrew, it's, a, it's a Greek word that literally means glued together or welded together. This angel is saying that the sins of Babylon have been glued together. They've collected themselves and they've piled up like a new tower of Babylon to heaven. The ancient tower of Babylon did not literally reach into the heavens, 
But the sins of Babylon will reach the ears of God. And the scripture says here, God has remembered her iniquities. So as we hear the voice of separation, first, we are told to be separate from Babylon's deeds. Secondly, we are to be separate from Babylon's destruction, from her destruction. Now, please don't miss the flow of thought. Verse 5 ends with the promise that God is writing down the deeds of man. And when we come to chapter 20, we will see God's books where he's recorded every sin, thought, word, and deed that the unbeliever has committed. God has remembered her iniquities. Now, if you've been saved, you have a different promise written by the prophet Jeremiah, quoted in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. In their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. It's not that God has a divine case of amnesia, but God doesn't hold your sin against you if you've met the living Christ. That's the promise of the new covenant. But here in verse 6, for the unchanging and the unrepentant people living on the earth, and he's focusing specially on Babylon because it's the headquarters for the whole world for the Antichrist. Again, religious Babylon was destroyed by the ten kings, but this is not religious Babylon. This is commercial Babylon, and God himself is going to destroy it. Look at verse 6 of chapter 18. Pay her back, even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds, and the cup which she has mixed, mixed twice as much for her. Now, this is the law of restitution at work. This is an illustration of the law of sowing and reaping, what people sometimes say, what goes around comes around. It reminds me of the prophet Obadiah. Uh, seven years ago, I preached the prophet Obadiah. Why did I preach it? I thought, I've never heard a sermon in my life on the radio anywhere on the prophet Obadiah. <laughs> And I had my son Grant when he was eight years old saying, Dad, tell me about Obadiah. And he said, Ob, 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 Obadiah. And he couldn't even say the word. I said, son, someday I'm going to preach a sermon on the prophet Obadiah if God will let me. Well, Obadiah 15, if you're new to the Bible, when you have a chapter with one verse, you don't say one colon 15, you just say 15, like Philemon 3 or Jude 9 or Obadiah verse 15, there's one chapter. For the day of the Lord draws near on all the nations. That's the day we're studying. We're studying the first part of the day of the Lord called the Great Tribulation. As you have done, it will be done to you. That is, the penalty will correspond to the infractions. Your dealings will return on your head. Obadiah is looking down the corridors of time to this time called the day of the Lord and is reminding that people will reap that which they have sown. And now the revelation here in verse 6 is reminding us of the cup of God's wrath and it's filled to the brim. The final drop has been put in. It is beginning to overflow. Pay back to her. This is an angel, God's servant, speaking verbally for all of heaven to hear to the living God. Pay her back even as she is paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds, and the cup which she has mixed, mixed twice as much for her. Now, obviously, when you come to verse 6, this angel is no longer speaking to John. He's speaking directly to God. Give back to her. Pay her back. And of course, as you read the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, you will see God's people asking him to bring wrath on unbelievers, 
We saw this already in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 10. How long, O oh Lord? These are tribulation saints who have been beheaded. They're alive in heaven, and they're crying out at the throne. How long, O oh Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? To listen again to today's study, part two of Call to be Different, use the Search the Scriptures app for smartphones and tablets, or visit us online at searchthescriptures.org. You can also order a CD or DVD by calling 877-787-7478 and requesting program REV51. Tomorrow, the conclusion of Call to be Different. Join us then as we search the Scriptures.